With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Monday brought us one of the most stunning developments the NFL has seen in years. The New York Times published a story about emails sent by John Gruden to, among others, then-Washington franchise president Bruce Allen over a seven-year span. Those emails, revealed three days after a Wall Street Journal piece revealed a racist email regarding union head DeMora Smith, included stunningly misogynistic and anti-LGBTQ language. Hello, and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast. I'm Gary Gramling. I'm Jenny Frantis. I'm Connor Orr. And we're going to talk about John Gruden, his emails, and the aftermath for him and for the Raiders. But we're actually going to start this show with the bigger picture and what is, in a way, really at the heart of this scandal, one that goes beyond just one head coach. That's the investigation into the Washington football team's toxic workplace environment and the fact that all these months later, we have no details on what happened. Yeah, and Gary, certainly there is plenty to discuss just with Gruden himself and the content of his emails, the fact that he felt comfortable in engaging this kind in this kind of derogatory language with other people in the NFL sphere, the factors that go into encouraging and making people feel like they can engage in that kind of language. But the way in which these emails came to light was in conjunction with the NFL's investigation into Washington's workplace culture. And so because of that, we can't 
not ask, well, what happened to the rest of the information generated from that investigation? In July, the NFL announced that the investigation had concluded, but they said they didn't even ask for a written report from investigator Beth Wilkinson, that instead they asked for simply a verbal report because the information was sensitive. Uh, So we haven't seen any record of exactly what was uncovered during that investigation, just the summary of it, and that uh, the NFL's head of investigations, Lisa Friel, described it as a very toxic work environment. But as we've seen in the Gruden case, seeing the actual emails, once those were made public, that only then did he face accountability. And I think in terms of the Washington investigation, we need to see what details were uncovered in that investigation and also what is in the rest of the emails that they collected, which cover things beyond simply the Washington toxic workplace. So for a small number of emails to be leaked pertaining to Gruden, certainly that begins a very important conversation about how this behavior was allowed, how this person ascended to a very high position of power in the league, all of those things. But we also need to take a step back and say, why are we letting other people off the hook? Gruden, in a way, should remind us that this kind of language and behavior is probably more pervasive than we think in the NFL. And here's an opportunity to shine a light on all of it. The entire thing going back to July is just bizarre because, again, this is an organization that holds these uh, investigations. And, uh, you know, we got a written report on Ray Rice. We got a written report on uh, Richie Incognito and Jonathan Martin. Uh, They did 243 pages on Tom Brady, uh, probably maybe asking to deflate a football before a game. And the fact that they just sort of said, well, you know, we're not going to put this in writing. It it, it was, look, it's cynical to say, but it seems quite clear. uh, You don't put it in writing. You limit the possibility of that report getting leaked if you don't want it getting out there, Uh, which, you know, brings us to the point. And we're not going to engage in any conspiracy theories here. Uh, You know, Jenny and I, when we did the Deshaun Watson reporting uh, over the last six months, one frustrating thing is the fact that, uh, I mean, we spent months tracking people down, uh, just work intensive calling every person who might have possibly come into contact with Sean Watson. And the reaction is, well, clearly they didn't do any intrepid reporting. This is a matter of a powerful person just leaking stuff to them. And and that's why they're reporting this. Uh, That is not the case. That might not be the case here. There might be some reason that these things are getting out in the way that they are getting out. But right now, it is just bizarre that with all of these data points, the only ones that have become public are about John Gruden, who is completely on the periphery of this Washington football team investigation. Yeah, and in the New York Times report, they covered a lot of ground and clearly had access to a lot of emails, and the ones they presented were extremely problematic. It was notable that even in that small sample size, just Gruden's 
well, not not necessarily a small sample size, but the, the narrow window of search terms, right? Just Gruden's emails with Bruce Allen and some others that there was a reference to photos of Washington cheerleaders uh, wearing only their bottoms having been exchanged in that ex- uh, that email exchange, right? So if that kind of back and forth was going on with somebody who was on the periphery of the NFL, um, not even with a team at that point, then shouldn't we know what information was being exchanged along those very same lines? Um, between people in the Washington organization. There's just so many pieces of information that we haven't received details about. And while the NFL did issue some sanctions to the Washington organization, a $10 million fine, and they have had Dan Sander step away from day-to-day activities for several months while his wife, Tanya, is out in front. uh, I have to imagine that part of the discipline was crafted with, well, there's not going to be a written report public. So we're just going to make discipline based on whatever we are telling the public that we found a toxic work environment, right? Because we know a lot of the disciplines levied by the NFL are basically based on public relations. Well, what would happen if all of those details were released? And what would the discipline look like in that situation? And that has to be the question that we're asking now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. So when it comes to Gruden specifically and the things that he wrote, uh on one hand, yeah, those those were intended to be private emails. They're not public statements, uh, and there was probably some expectation of privacy on his part. However, uh, number one, you're you're a very public figure. Uh, you do have to be aware of of what you're putting out there, uh, even to a small audience. And number two, I I think there's a a line of thinking where you can sort of say, oh, I, you know, I, I, I was upset and I was uttering things. I mean, we know we do podcasts sometimes. You utter things and it doesn't come out quite right. Maybe in the heat of the moment, you, you used a term that you know you shouldn't have used and it just sort of slipped out. But these are also written emails. I mean, when you're writing, it's it's a little bit different. It's a little more, uh, you're a little more aware of what you're doing at that point. And uh, look, He's taking his medicine. He lost his job. He probably won't work again, but uh, uh, I'm not quite sure how you can possibly justify uh, this as some sort of uh, John Gruden being victimized in some way. Yeah, Gary, I think they're written and they also were sent over a seven year period. And the way the Times characterized the emails was that he casually and frequently engaged in this language. So it seems as though it's a pretty large sample size. I think the other important thing to remember is that we are getting a view, a rare view into how powerful men in the NFL speak behind closed doors. And regardless of who the intended, intended recipient of these emails was, you know, even, you know, his expectation that these were private communications not ma- meant to be made public, but he's engaging in hate speech that certainly calls into question his ability to lead an NFL locker room in a league that's 70% black. He has an openly gay player on his roster. His organization has both men and women in it. So I think what we've seen from those emails, his own words certainly disqualified him from being in a position where he was leading a franchise. And I think this gets to the heart of uh, the complaints that a lot of people have, um, you know, thinking about the coach hiring process, for example, right, where if you look at, so this is just a casual chat between Bruce Allen and John Gruden, but Bruce Allen is a guy who is in a hiring position and, you know, is in a lot of these meetings and deals with the hiring of coaches. John Gruden at the time was someone who was certainly consulted for his thoughts on head coaches over time or players or, you know, different uh, scouts or whatever it is. I mean, he's still a part of the NFL infrastructure. And so when the conversations behind closed doors have this kind of general tone to it, I think that this sort of really depicts well the frustrations, the confusion, 
um, the anger from, you know, groups like minority coaching candidates where it's like, okay, um, this is how my boss talks. You know, this is how my boss's friends talk. And so when I go into a meeting with these people, um, you know, is what I'm hearing just lip service? You know, do they talk like that when I'm not around? Is the reason I didn't get the job because they secretly feel this way? And I feel like that, to your point, Jenny, is is really, it's a valuable window, right? It shows people kind of how these conversations go, the, the tone that they take, and that we kind of have a reason to be vigilant about um, the way that, um, you know, the way that people talk and, you know, and, and be on guard about, um, some of this stuff. And so, I don't know, I, I thought that, you know, when I saw those things, that was the first thing I thought of was, you know, other coaches at the Raiders have interviewed in the past, um, other coaches that dealt with Bruce Allen in the past. And what were they thinking about when they left those interviews and what do they think about it now? And reading those words, you know, you can see why there are things like an investigation into the workplace conduct at Washington. You see why there have been hurdles for inclusion for people in the queer community or women or groups that are different from what people in the NFL, the predominant group is, which is white men. I couldn't help but notice during the Monday night game uh, and also right after ESPN had done their halftime report on Gruden's resignation, one of the commercials that played was the uh, football is for everybody. Yeah. Uh, it, it was probably not planned that way, but it was a, a little reminder there that, you know, yeah, in some ways football is for everybody and it is becoming more inclusive, but we kind of have this I don't know, just just this this old disease that kind of still needs to be uh, stamped out permanently, because even if you don't see it front facing, uh, it's still there. And I think this was a reminder that it is still there. And it's weird because if you're the NFL, if you're Roger Goodell, you can put every earnest foot forward and every ounce of effort into creating an inclusive environment which by all accounts, I mean, it does seem like there is an effort in that direction to do, but until you're willing to directly confront the source of the systemic issue, it's like all this money and all these hires and all these initiatives are going to fall on deaf ears because the people that own the 32 teams, you know, still feel or think or act or talk this way. And it's like, it's the most self-defeating behavior I think I've ever seen. And, you know, I noticed that commercial too. And that's, you know, that's what popped into my head was like, wow, like, you know, there was probably some marketing group that was brought in here and you spent money on this and you asked people how this would make them feel. And all along, you know that, you know, there are owners that just don't care about this or, you know, you have, you're sitting on all these emails, you know, of people who are talking this way. And so it's a, it's, it's very, um, it's a, it's a very, like I, I just said, it, like kind of a self-defeating behavior for them, because I do think the people who are putting forth the earnest effort to create the inclusive environment are ultimately going to be defeated uh, if none of this other stuff is addressed. Yeah, it makes everything else feel like window dressing, Connor. And I think this is where you often hear people talk about the difference between diversity and inclusion and that you can make an effort to hire people from different backgrounds and representing different groups. But ultimately, if there isn't an inclusive culture, these people will have a hard time ascending to the tops of organizations, gaining real power, and 
the NFL ultimately may be a place that they don't want to work. And I think that's what these windows represent is some of the entrenched values. Value is a weird word to use. It's like the anti-value, but some of the entrenched lines of thinking that are in the NFL and that ultimately have prevented uh, a lot of the progress forward that we should have seen by this point. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. So, okay, let's move on to the least important topic we're going to discuss on the show, and that is where the Raiders organization goes from here, uh, and then more broadly where the NFL goes from here. But let's let's start with the Raiders. I mean, this was the guy who was brought in to shepherd this organization, for the next, uh, you know, he was four years into a 10-year deal, and 
look, I don't think any of us would have been surprised if it was sort of six more years of mediocrity and he got another 10-year deal for Mark Davis. But uh, they have to sort of change up now. And, you know, it, it has been a middling organization. And I'm not quite sure what direction they have because the previous direction was just uh, we're John Gruden and his football team and we're just going to be that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting if you think about had Mark Davis, well, had Mark Davis stuck with Jack Del Rio, I mean, they were in the playoffs, they were an ascending franchise, they had Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, uh, where would they be now? Uh, I think that would be kind of an interesting thought exercise. But if not, if you look at the 2018 and 2019 coaches who were hired around the same time, there's certainly some very talented coaches that are still there, especially in 2019, um, the class. Um, but a lot of those guys were again, available and ready to interview in 2018, you know, where they would be. Um, you know, you think about, um, coaches who have perpetually not gotten a chance and it's like, you know, how, how different would have Derek Carr's career been if, you know, they were one of the first teams to hire Eric Bieniemy or another coach that still hasn't gotten a chance like that. And so you wonder all these what ifs, if they really wanted to make a change, they wanted to make a splash for the franchise, but opted not to go with kind of the object of Mark Davis's um, affection, what this whole thing would have looked like, because you did have a really promising core of players. You did kind of waste three years here. Um, and Derek Carr now is up for another contract after just ending an exceptionally affordable one or cl coming to the close of one. So I feel like there was definitely a gigantic opportunity missed here in general, and you have to wonder how he'll reevaluate his own hiring processes, if at all, uh, to make sure that you can still capitalize on, on a window here. Connor, you make a good point in that Mark Davis's entire direction after his father Al died was to bring John Gruden back to the Raiders. He was so focused on it. Even when they had other coaches like Jack Del Rio, he would always say, oh, if I can get John, I'm going to bring him back. So that has been his entire North Star for this franchise. Everything depended on him bringing Gruden back. So now what is his plan and how does he recalibrate? And when you think about the fact that Mark Davis was so obsessed with John Gruden, leaving it to the Raiders organization to discipline him probably wasn't going to make sense. I mean, we're talking a lot about now when did the Raiders have the emails? When did they know the contents? Did they allow him to coach on Sunday knowing everything? And I think a lot of this comes back to the fact that Mark Davis probably isn't the person who is going to hold John Gruden accountable. Yeah, I mean, everything that he, I mean, the press conference, the introductory press conference was one of the, one of the gaudiest things that I'd ever seen in my life. It was like, if a celebrity was like, if I knew that Lady Gaga was coming to my house for dinner, um, I would I would try to do something really ornate, but that was just so over the top because I would assume that that's what she would would want. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe Lady Gaga just wants to have a quiet dinner. I don't know. But like it was just so <laughs> over the top and like he made the whole thing just of the, the highlight package and like the hype and, and everything surrounding it was was so uncomfortable. And it's like, you, you just watched how giddy he was during this entire thing. And, and that's when I think it became clear that like, 
John Gruden was basically the owner of the Raiders at that point. You know what I mean? Like you come in and that guy's never going to tell you no. I mean, you, you just see the look on his face. You see how excited he was. Um, I'm still amazed that he fired him, to be honest, or I guess like, you know, put him in a position where uh, confronted him to the fact that to the point where he decided a resignation was was appropriate. Um, I'm surprised that happened still, to be honest. Um, but uh, I think it's uh, it, it's just uh, – we all have these preconceived biases, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, certainly suggesting that NFL owners are the only people who are entrenched in thinking in a certain way, but you know, Marx was that John Gruden can fix this thing. And I think now um, you, you have to wonder now they've moved to Vegas. The whole plan was built around this showy franchise with a, with the television star head coach, you know, what, what is the plan here? Um, you know, cause there is no hire that can really match the, perceived public public gravitas of of a John Gruden um but you know you know your quarterback maybe doesn't have the out, outer star power you traded away the other two guys that potentially could have had that star power and so you know you this is really going to be uh, uh, I don't know I mean he's going to be casting a wide net but also trying to solve a lot of problems with one hire well, you wonder if the NFL kind of leaned on Mark Davis a little bit maybe uh, we know Davis is not among the the true uh, elite power brokers among ownership in the league and and probably would be susceptible to uh, basically having to maybe not do what he wanted to do in his heart in order to appease the rest of the NFL. But uh, as far as the league itself goes, I mean, what do they do from here? Because right now, it's not just us. I, I, I think basically everyone in media is calling for the release of the Washington investigation details to see what was actually in there, because this was, again, just a small peripheral piece of a very large investigation into uh, into ownership and a a marquee franchise. Yeah, it would really be a shame, Gary, if this didn't prompt a wider examination of workplace cultures. And obviously that starts with results of the investigation into one very problematic workplace culture. But just more broadly, how often is this language being used? Why is it being encouraged in NFL circles? you know, this moment really shouldn't pass without people around the league examining their own problematic behaviors, their own biases, their own privilege. Uh, you know, even Gruden, after the first email came out, the one that was printed by the w Wall Street Journal in which he used racist language to r refer to Demora Smith, he kept saying, I, I don't have a, a racist bone in my body. And, you know, he basically said at his post-game press conference, he just wanted to move on. Well, there's privilege inherent in that statement when you can just wave off having to talk about racist. That means you're a person that hasn't dealt with it in your daily life. So clearly there is a large education that needs to be done by many people who hold high posts in the NFL. And I don't know if I expect necessarily that this moment will lead to that reckoning but it would be a shame if it didn't i think there's there's a different you know I, it's like anything else right it's like if you talk to a a kid it's like are you sorry because you're sorry or are you are, are you sorry because you got caught you know and i think it's sort of the same lines that you could draw my guess is that a lot of people in the nfl will be sending tamer emails from here on out, but are they sending tamer emails because they really believe that what they were sending was incorrect or are they sending tamer emails and texts because, you know, 
they're afraid that they're going to surface in an investigation and ruin their career. You know, um, I mean, at the very least, you know, the, at least having that somewhat eradicated from the workplace is not the worst thing in the world, you know, and you take what you can get in that, in those, in those scenarios. But uh, like you said, I mean, when is the point where, you know, somebody sees that and their first thought is like, well, you know, there's going to be a group of people that'll defend me. You know, there'll be people out there who say that this is just whatever, you know, whatever kind of talk this is. And, and instead of, huh, I wonder if that really does hurt people's feelings when I say that, you know, I wonder how that really does make people feel when you say that, because as our standards have evolved um, over time, you know, I, I hope a lot of people have kind of evolved with it and asked themselves those important questions about, you know, what language do I use that, that makes people uncomfortable and makes people upset? And, you know, I think that's part of our, uh, our job and our obligation as humans, you know, but it does, you know, you don't want to paint the NFL in a broad brush here, but do some of the people who feel that way, um, will they come to that conclusion? Yeah, this is an opportunity for growth for John Gruden even if he never coaches again, even if he never broadcasts again, which I think is probably the case, uh, he has a chance to learn some things and and become better. Uh, And for the league as a whole, uh, for individuals, this will be a signal to them that they have to be better. And for the league, it's, it's a signal that something has to be done here because outside of the football is for everyone campaign and everything else that is well-meaning on top of it, uh, we still have issues here. The MMQB NFL podcast is Jenny Vrentis, Connor Orr, and me, Gary Gramling. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Thanks, as always, to senior podcast producer Dan Bloom for his advice and guidance. Mark Mravik is emeritus editor of the MMQB, and Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, please leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it on. 
Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.